what is a woman wow what a question and this has been a question that has been dominating social media very much recently welcome to the visions and tones podcast for those who don't know me my name is tony in this episode i am not answering what the i'm not answering the question what is a woman but what i'm rather doing is i'm giving a review a short review of matt walsh's documentary titled what is a woman for those who have not watched this episode i'd say it is a definite must watch but you cannot watch it while you are close-minded um and anyone can be close-minded whether you come from the you know radical progressive or radical conservative you could hold on to your ideology so tight but i would say when you watch this episode do not hold on onto it so tight and this is what i tried to do myself hence i'm doing this review so just for your information i watched this documentary about three times for the purpose of this episode um so i might miss certain few things here i'm welcome for you're welcome to sort of engage with me on that um you can get access to this documentary on the daily wire the daily wire is one of the platforms created by co-founded rather by jeremy boring and ben shapiro and it actually pushes i'd say it pushes more ideologies from the radical conservative you know it's a push it gives a lot of pushbacks against ideologies from the radical progressive so um be prepared for that uh matt walsh he is an an american right-wing uh political commentator and he's an author and also hosts the matt walsh show podcast he's also a columnist at uh, the daily wire so he's a very great man who's done good for himself worked hard for himself and i can't commend him for you know taking the time to you know uh do this documentary um i hope that you know this little review will sort of explain uh something to you something which myself also um i am maybe understanding far better or not you know so i actually divided this uh episode into segments the first segment so segment i'll discuss the pros it's about five of them and i'm just going to go through them very quickly because i don't want to spend about an hour talking to you about matt walsh's uh, documentary and the doc is probably about one hour 30 minutes or something like that so imagine getting another one hour you know just talking about matt walsh's documentary that would be more ridiculous you know so anywho uh the second segment is more about the cons what i think are kind of like red flags of this uh doki so just to put it out there to you i am not anywhere in support of any form of violence whatsoever i just want to put that as a disclaimer before i get onto this because i don't want people to sort of have their feathers already getting ruffled in some of the things that i'm going to say in this documentary i don't want to be cancelled by you but i want to have you know more of a constructive engagement and conversation with you so nothing against the trans community nothing against the radical progressive uh, conservatives in this particular time perhaps there will be another episode or sequel to this where i talk about what i think are the dangers and the challenges you know that we can actually see and stay away from between the radical progressive and the radical conservatives if that is ever possible to do that but i think it will be great 
though to have an episode where I talk more about you know those dangers and what that means for some of the people who say they are just in between those spaces you know um, I got now probably about 20 minutes to go let's see if we can just push 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 this in this list of time enjoy so uh, I came up with five pros of the doki and basically the pros is what I think like sort of gives a bit of a strength into the documentary and also can open up for more uh, healthy engagements within the community. Uh, the first one that I want to commend Matt for is the way he attempted to be inclusive in terms of, you know, this documentary. So when you do research, social research, you'll find that your uh, participants or your subjects, whatever you want to call them, uh, you try by all means to make them more representative in a way. You don't go and sort of um, interview kids or just, you know, uh, students may, maybe about the impact of you know neoliberal ideologies in higher education and come and make certain conclusions that you know talk about policy without engaging policy in itself or without engaging even the views of the lecturers or whatsoever so but he, Matt here really worked hard to sort of be inclusive we see that by the way he drew together or closer medical doctors those who might have you know radical progressive leaning and those who might have radical uh, conservative leaning you know bring in social scientists bring athletes you know uh, bring in women bring in men uh, particularly the men if you remember the group in Kenya uh, bring in you know black white different kinds of people bring even trans women into the conversation I feel like that was actually great to sort of give a much more of a broader argument and understanding, you know, of the topic at hand. What is a woman? You know, tapping in and engaging, you know, the transgender um, ideologies. So the inclusion, I really want to commend him there, even though I might just sneak in a little bit this critique where if you remember in the doki uh dr marcy bowers who's the gender confirmation surgeon actually said to him we don't even know if there are people who regret going trans uh, you know doing uh going for the transition you know either you know surgery trend you know gender changes or whatever uh, genitalia changes but she said um, Dr. Marcy said we don't know whether there's even people who regret it so this could probably maybe be just one of the critiques that I can sneak in there to say um, in the doki it didn't seem like Matt uh, succeeded to sort of get those kind of people who transitioned based on their own personal choices but then later on regret I'm not talking about you know the other participants whom that you know they had a bit of accidents and what sort of medical accidents and the decisions were taken on their behalf by either parents or uh, um, medical doctors so I think that is worth sneaking it in there the second one that I want to give to Matt is actually uh, bring in um, women the reason why I feel like it was great to bring in women. There's still this kind of debate as to whether, you know, it's a good thing to bring in, especially those who believe in standpoint feminism. It is, is it a good thing to sort of ask a man to define what a woman is, to have, to have a chat with a man what a woman is because of the inside outsider perspective. A, a man does not know what it means to be a woman or whatsoever. I'm not mainly on that, but I like the fact that 
if you remember Selena Soler, the athlete, and also uh, Leah Thomas' teammate from the swimming team, I like the fact that there's certain things that they teased out there that gave a bit of a strength into the docky. And this is to sort of explain why some, being the key word, why some women are against the transgender narrative. And in their explanation, they speak about how the trans women come and dominate sports in the sporting activities which were once only performed by cisgendered women so what do i mean by that cisgendered women i mean women who you know those who were born with a vagina and ascribe to their sort of um gender in that particular way those who did not go any transition and those who also do not identify as you know part of the trans community but you know having a different kind of um uh, genitalia, so so to put it, and excuse my language there because I, I'm not very much clued up with the trans and the LGBT jargon, and I'm not sort of using this in a malignant way or whatsoever. So, but I felt like it was good because uh, Selena and uh, Leah Thomas' teammate at least explained to us why they are against the trans ideologies. Unlike so many other people who just come and say this is ridiculous, but they don't give any examples why this is ridiculous, or even worse, just those who say this is not God's invention or whatsoever, who start who will start to speak about demons and so on and so forth, and this being demonic or whatsoever. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't, you know, receive or accept that kind of an explanation. But at least I could sense that perhaps from this cisgendered women. You know, the issue here it might be, you know, complaints about dominance, complaints about victories, about resources, or whatsoever the case. So this is what I appreciated about, you know, hearing mainly from those women. The third one that I can give to Matt is the fact that from the documentary, we can still see that the definition of a woman from the trans narrative, it's still somewhat nebulous. Uh, in a sense that the definition just remains a woman is someone who identifies as a woman. And Matt keeps on asking, yeah, but what is it that he identifies as? And then a woman, yeah, but what is a woman? A woman is somebody who identifies as a woman. So if you remember, Matt says to Dr. Patrick, you are sort of using a circular definition, more like a tautological definition where you're not telling us nothing. You're sort of repeating the same thing. So um, the docu points are that, you know, from Matt Walsh is a social scientist. Oh, sorry. Dr. Patrick is a social scientist. And also other the trans women who came on, you know, the definition is still a little murky there. There's still a bit of need to go back into the drawing board and think deeply what exactly is a woman i'd still give the chance to that then completely dismissing that so that i can hear what exactly you know some people think and this is because i know there are some also uh, trans ideologies that defines a woman as a state of identity associated with but not limited to being female so long the identification is deemed authentic so that that that's sort of a form of definition from other camps or other groups of people who are part of the trans, but particularly in the docky or in the Matt Walsh documentary, it didn't seem like most of the people who came there, you know, could sort of articulate better what they think a woman is. It was kind of like left some way hanging. And this is somewhat different to responses that came from, you know, uh, those who are part of the radical conservatives or just any other general people who don't ascribe to either leftist or, or, or right or whatsoever. 
whatsoever. They defined, you know, a woman from a biology perspective, saying a woman is a is an adult human female. And if you recall, this is the same definition which was given by Matt Walsh's wife towards the end of the doggy. So yeah, I commend uh, him in this way to say. The definition of a woman from the trans community is still a little bit murky, still a little bit nebulous there. It needs to sort of be highlighted. And this is not to say in all the trans community. I'm talking about just the documentary. Remember, this is a review of the docky. It is not a review of all transgender <coughs> ideologies. Excuse me. <coughs> So the fourth pro that I can give is, you know, Matt's concerns, you know, towards, you know, child protection, you know, how are older people doing to ensure that children are protected, you know, I feel like um, this was teased out well, you know, they need to protect children and it made me think in terms of if kids have to make concern in terms of, you know, sexual activity and whatsoever, it is believed that this is because they understand. You make a concern to say yes because you understand what you're doing and what you're putting yourself into. But this, the doggy basically raised the question to say, could this be the same case in the context of, you know, one changing their gender? And we see this when we pay attention to Dr. Grossman when she actually explains what gender dysphoria is, you know. And she sort of used different numbers here and there to point out how many people sort of experience gender dysphoria but later on she saw you know goes on to say people can you know overcome gender dysphoria but what then we see on the docky is the fact that you know the docky points out that part of the other you know surgeons or whatsoever did not feel like it did not feel like or it did not seem like they employ other ways to sort of explore whether you know gender dysphoria is a reality and if it's a reality therefore it is it a good thing to sort of you know uh, do you know surgery to young kids or to even use Lupron as an adolescent blocker or whatsoever and what are the chances that if it's gender dysphoria later on therefore people might you know, feel guilty, they might feel bad and they might want to change or whatsoever. So this is actually one other thing that I felt like it was great to tease out, you know, the need to protect children and, um, you know, as far as I may not disagree with sort of Matt's sort of language use, I think there was a bit of a political language that he used, you know, referring to Lupron as drugs and whatnot. And which is why those would remember, I think it's Dr. Marcel, Michelle, I think it was Dr. Michelle, if you remember, she actually problematized his choice of words, the way he was using the language. And I was like, I think there's a bit of a malignant way there. You're not sort of respectful to the profession and whatsoever the case. So I think it is important also to consider, you know, oh, um, whether gender dys the extent to which gender dysphoria is so broad and how it feeds in into the whole transgender narrative and the whole issue of concern. I feel like the documentary there um, uh, did somewhat great, I'd say. Um, what else do I want to say in this point? Yeah, okay, maybe let's move on. Uh, number five, um, I like the fact that Dr. Grossman also, you know, introduces us to introduce us to two 
key people who played a part in, you know, psychology and the development of, you know, the gender theories. And if you remember Alfred Kinsey and John Money, I felt like it was very great for me to sort of learn about those people. And um, especially John Money, because it's been said that he's the one who coined the phrases gender identity and gender roles. So it was very great for me to know that. And I would say for the uh, psychology field, perhaps further exploration of these guys would be much more greater. But um, uh, I like this. So, so, so John Money is the one who says a boy could be raised as a girl uh, and come out fine. You know, those kind of narratives. I think it's important to watch this. But Grossman says here that when, when Matt asks, uh, why is it that people do not know about this? And he says, because these people have been hidden, but nonetheless, then the critic is that they're still celebrated within the humanities and whatsoever. It was very interesting for me to hear this point because I think also when you hear part of the narratives coming from the LGBT or whatsoever, you hear the fact that, you know, people would say uh, gender is socially constructed, you know, uh, especially the binary kind of thinking. Some group of white people only said you can only find male or female and there's nothing outside of that um, um, and they would say you know a bunch of probably a bunch of other white you know knowledge producers created only that narrative and they sort of silence other forms of feelings and you know ideologies out there and for me I felt like hmm, now if we have likes of you know Kinsey and Marnie sort of said to be hidden uh, by the progressive and then on the other side you hear progressives saying you know the conservatives are sort of um, protecting or hiding the fact that gender was the binary aspect of it was sort of created by certain uh, just a selected few people to silence other views therefore it seems you know there's still much more work to be done to unravel to explore within the social sciences you know what other things have been hidden and also rely more on evidence to sort of hear what evidence do the radical progressive have and what evidence do the radical conservative have in this case so uh, it was very great for me to hear about these two um, scholars even though I may not celebrate their work but it's it's worth noting them and doing further research on them so those would be the pros of this docking in terms of the cons, wow, I've got about five of them. Let's see if we can nail this in probably less than 15 minutes. So the first thing that sort of was a red flag for me, I think Matt was not upfront, was not adequately upfront with, you know, the objective of the documentary. Uh, what exactly is he trying to do in the documentary? And I think this is what might have led to so many people to draw up their own conclusions, whether, you know, he wants to ridicule the trans narratives or he's just passing on hate speech or, you know, he really wants to find out what a woman is or whatsoever. So I feel like this was not really, really, really interesting uh, or really, really sort of outlined what exactly the objective is. And at some point, you'd remember when Dr. Patrick asked him, what is that you want to, why is it that you want to know? Why are you so interested in, you know, understanding what people identify as. And it just says, because I want to know any concern to speak about because he seeks the truth, there's one form of truth or whatsoever. I felt like listening to the women who spoke about, you know, the fact that the trans narratives come in, you know, occupy space, which was once, you know, occupied by cisgendered women. There was much more of a better reasoning than Matt was saying, uh, I just want to know. 
If you just wanted to know, mate, you could have started right there where you ended. Ask your wife, right? So I feel like the objective of the documentary was not sort of adequately, you know, put out there. And therefore, I could say that it, it wasn't necessarily just about finding out. There is an aspect of ridiculing people. There is an aspect of, you know, mild, you know, hate speech or whatsoever. And um, wow, that's a big claim. Let's see if I can be able to sort of reason uh, in the next few points. Uh, hopefully, hopefully I will. Let's see. Um second cons second point on the cons is the fact that i felt like there was a missing aspect implications on law this was very important to me uh, to sort of capture so when matt speaks to congressman uh, mark takano i think is from california he actually says to him somewhere what can you tell us about policy and then he goes on quickly to ask the question some people say they don't want to see penises in their bathrooms and some say to see a penis is indicative of that one is a man or one is it's indicative basically of one being a man and then he says to him what can you say about this so in a way, I felt like there was an attempt to go to tease out policy implication, but instead it didn't go to policy implication. It then landed back to what is Congressman Mark's view on people's, you know, uh, points. Because I felt like it was, if it was a matter of policy implication, I would have loved to hear how then is policy created? Does it go through a referendum? And how does then policy impact or affect people? And in the case where maybe it goes for a referendum, then people vote for trans ideologies to be embraced. What then is going to happen to those who are against them? How does policy ensure that there's protection for both those who are against and those who are for, you know, the transgender narratives? And how does this policies play its role or parts in the judiciary, in the court of law, and whatsoever. This is what I would have loved to hear. And this point makes me think also about Judge Kitanja Brown when she was being interviewed and they asked her what is a woman and people came out and said she doesn't know how to define what a woman is. But if you remember, Judge Kitanja said, I'm not a biologist, which in a way, I think she played a smart move. People can criticize her, uh, but I think she played a smart move. They may criticize her for saying, you sort of rejected your opportunity to tell us what a woman is because you're a woman. Everybody has been saying you are the first black woman to be nominated in whatever time and whatsoever. But then we asked what is a woman, you leave the definition towards biologists, you know. But at the same time, I think she was smart in a sense of she remembered what position she's been, you know, interviewed for. It is not a position about, you know, being a journalist or being whatever person who can write whatever an opinion piece or whatsoever she remembered that also as a judge she doesn't just function according to her own feelings and emotions but she functions according to you know legislature so her rulings has to be based on legislature and which is why very often you see justices relying on you know expert evidence or whatsoever and aligning it with the law so i felt like on this particular point matt did not sort of give us much when it comes to issues of the law 
And again, on the issues of the law, I think we need to think much more deeper across even the criticisms that we give towards different kinds of people. It could be the surgeons that came from the radical progressive or whatsoever, any other human being. We, we often criticize people and say they cannot do this, they don't do that and whatsoever without thinking what exactly are their fears. Silence yes, exacerbate problems. Fears can exacerbate negativity, but at the same time, it is worth it to sort of consider people's fears in a sense that people have got families to feed and whatsoever. And I'm not saying people should rather protect to feed their, should opt to feed their families and put the society in jeopardy. But I'm saying it's a case also worth noting. It's a case worth considering. So, for instance, think about COVID. How there were even a lot of medical doctors out there who could not make any comments about you know COVID and the vaccines because what their contracts bar them to do that because there's non-disclosure you know agreements that they're signing or whatsoever the case and if you do that what do you stand to lose you find that you stand to lose a lot of things people could lose jobs people could be cancelled people could be killed and whatsoever but for anyone who's sort of cri criticizing you know some of the silent people within the progressive you know camp i think you need to think carefully about that not everybody has sort of um, made such a great progress and achieved a certain level of either capital or um, uh, either economic or, or either economic or symbolic capital like the likes of you know Jordan Peterson and for instance Jordan Peterson at some point he's been asked why how did he get you know to have a voice as big as he does now and he explains the fact that he's worked so hard and had at some point three you know, sources of income which made him not to be dependent on a certain type of a person, which is why today he can actually have the voice that he has. But that's not the case for many other people. Some people are still dependent on the government, dependent on different private employers and whatsoever. And because of that, you cannot find your voice. And that's one other thing that we may need to think of and speak about, you know, in the future. Uh, point number three, I wanted to speak about uh, Jordan Peterson's temperament. He, he is against the use of the phrase gender, and he says, rather, let's think of temperament. And I, th I thought, this is amazing. But on temperament, he says, it is possible to have a woman who's masculine and have, you know, a man who's feminine. So rather, it, it would have been great to speak of temperaments than to speak of, you know, um, gender because, you know, gender is kind of problematic or whatever the case. And I, I really am willing to sort of hear to any of you listeners who would come and point to me further arguments of Jordan Peterson, but this is not mainly um, about Jordan Peterson alone. It is also on how this, I feel like it fits onto the documentary. So I went and I thought, if we are to speak of temperament, does temperament mean there is a quelling of discrimination? Do temperament really quell discrimination? Do temperament, talking of temperament, does talking about temperament really mean safety for people? Does it mean honesty? I, I remained with that kind of a question, and here's why. When, on the documentary, when the segment of athletes came, there was a time where there were quick slide shows of different kinds of pictures. Uh, showing trans women dominating in sports that was sort of probably meant for cisgendered women. And I couldn't help that at some point I saw a picture of Casta Semenya in those pictures. So for those who don't know Casta Semenya, she's a South African athlete, you know, 800 um, world-class winner a number of times. 
And Casasimena has since been in court battles with the international, you know, athletes body, you know, because at some point, I think there's an athlete from the UK, Lindsay Sharp, if I'm not mistaken, who lodged a complaint and said likes of Casasimena, who are women, but with, you know, more masculinity, are actually men, you know, and called her a trans and whatsoever. And then that has led into a moment where the international athlete body, you know, started to say Castasimena has to reduce his testosterone and whatsoever. And there were a lot of criticisms about that. Casta has been fighting that court battle to the point where she even said, you know, she's willing to point and to prove by getting naked so they can see she did not undergo any form of surgery. So here's a black woman who's actually weaning but has got a male temperament, has got a masculine body. She's been ridiculed. And Matt Walsh succeeded to sneak in Custer Semenya's picture when he was trying to make an argument about trans women dominating in a sport that was meant for cisgendered women. Is that fair? Can we still trust temperament? I feel like that has to sort of be further explored because I felt like this was ridiculous and this was unfair of, you know, Matt Walsh and his production team to sneak in Casta Semenya's picture. That was so sad. Cons number four, editing. I wanted to speak about editing of documentary or editing of research or whatsoever. As a social scientist, I know that sometimes when you go to interview participants, the interview can go for as long as possible, over one hour or whatsoever, but you find that only three minutes of it becomes, you know, gets used in the writing process. And this made me think, you know, about Matt's work to say probably those interviews took far too long. And by virtue of, as I've said, point number one, the objectives of the documentary were very nebulous. So I'm not sure whether I had confidence in his work to say, the snippets that he used in the documentary did he really go for snippets which were really educational or he had a certain form of you know agenda that he wanted to use to sort of ridicule you know the radical progressive so i'm not convinced by that because he may have chosen you know selected you know snippets and made sure that also the way he uses them he uses them in a way that they really appear as ridiculous to people and it was sad for me to also see you know what he did to dr patrick there who was trying to explain the difference between sex and gender the way in which you know at some point there was some sound effects coming in the play of the violin i think it was a violin it's not a cello and how Matt's face kind of zoned in and zoned out and how at some point there was some sort of a fast play and a slow play of emotion of, you know, Dr. Patrick trying to explain. And it reminded me of those kind of like TikTok clips, if you remember, where they'll sort of uh, show someone trying to explain something or try to do something in a short space of time. And then there's that SpongeBob, you know, voice coming in saying, one hour later or whatsoever. And then the person still going, or 10 hours later, or three days later, this process is still going, the person still trying to make sense. I sort of had a feel of that when I was observing the way in which Matt was sort of looked at, you know, Patrick and whatnot. And it made me, you know, hold the argument that this guy really had an intent to ridicule and really just to find out what a woman is. Point number five, question and answer. Does... Uh, the doki therefore explained to us the complexities of the transgender ideology. 
definitely no and perhaps not ideology we should use the word ideologies i don't think it does uh, even in the way in which at some point matt conducted himself as patrick problematized i think also some other experts who are allies of the trans community the way they actually problematized him that he was malignant and you know disrespectful and insensitive and whatsoever uh, i think we also need to remember the fact that matt is not authority he's an author and he's a great speaker whatsoever but we do not have to sort of advocate also the way in which he pushes back and appears to be sort of disrespectful to other people um i don't think his work gives us a whole understanding of the ideologies with of you know the trans ideologies um and if we are not careful we might watch matt was documentary and go out there leak our toxicity to everybody who's part of the trans community and that would be unfair i think we need to understand the fact that even within the lgbt community the community there's different ideologies in a sense that um you can still find lesbian women who say they do not prefer transgender women they can be criticized and be called transphobic in the feminist movement you can find women who say a woman should not take a man's surname or husband's surname and you might find other feminists saying i do you know so in the race category race debates you might find few of the black people saying you know um, a black person who doesn't help other black people is a sellout or whatsoever but you might find another black person saying you try to help a black person they pull you down therefore hell no so what does this mean it means don't treat black people as monolith it means don't treat the f- feminist movement as monolith don't treat the lgbt as monolith there's different complexities there's different ideologies but you get to know and hear about them when you read the literature and when you engage the people than just watching that was episode and make a conclusion to say the trans community is ridiculous so whether you agree with the trans narratives or you don't my advice would be you still need to engage the literature and talk to people or else if you cannot say anything kind then it's better you shut up and it's better that you don't go out and leak your toxicity into the world because we don't want that but again to the trans community what i want to say is the fact that um also be open to have these hard conversations you cannot go and brand everybody who's against your ideologies as a transphobic and claim or attempt to cancel them you know we can all hold different forms of truths different forms of you know whatever ideologies we want to uphold but if we remember that others too might hold different ones to the ones which we hold the main point and need is for us to find a space where we can build than to destroy and tear each other apart perhaps it will be good to close with peterson's one point in his one of the books i think it's beyond order abandon ideology even though i wonder whether can he himself abandon ideology Thank you for listening to this review. Thank you for choosing the Visions and Tones podcast. And I want to close it here. I think there was something I said I want to speak about, but I forgot. Uh, remind me somewhere, wherever we meet or whatsoever, so that I can touch um, a little bit on. But thank you for choosing the Visions and Tones podcast. And I wish you all the best. Remember to connect with us on um, Instagram. 
the handle is at underscore visions underscore tones i repeat at underscore visions underscore tones go ye and be the best versions of yourselves and be best humans see you next time i'm out <laughs>